Hi Watch fans and welcome to a very special edition of The Real Time Show. Today, Alan, David and I will be taking one of the recently released Sequent Fucking Sun Special Editions created by good friend Romaric Andre of Sekon Sekon and talking to you about our first impressions of it, what we feel are its pros and cons over the first week of having worn it and exactly what we're going to do with the fourth of the four models that Adrian Bookman, the CEO of Sequent and good friend of The Real Time Show, kindly sent to us. Now, each one of us has one on our wrists as it stands, and there's a fourth model which will be available to one of you, but we'll tell you exactly how you get it right at the end of the show, so you have to stick with us for the next 30 or 40 minutes as we discuss the watch. Alon, David, welcome to the Airwaves. Thank you, Rob. Good to hear your voice and good to have you back, David. I love these three-way conversations, not the other three-way things you guys are all thinking of, your dirty minds. <laughs> David is French, after all, so we have to bear that in mind. So, What do they say in French? Menage à trois? That's right. C'est ça. C'est ça. Okay, right. Well, after a rather X-rated start to the show, chaps, let's focus our attentions on to the sequin itself. So, Alon, you are closest to the brand of sequin because of your friendship with Adrian. Could you please give us a little bit of a rundown of the brand, what they do, and how you came to discover them? Sure thing. So, for those that are not familiar with the brand sequin, it's spelled S-E-Q-U-N-T. They are a Swiss brand who make connected watches. I like to, to stay away from the word smart watches because they're not that smart. And the cool thing about sequined watches is they look like real watches, they feel like real watches, and they wear like real watches. And they're designed by a real watch designer because Adrian Buchmann is a Swiss watch designer. He's famous for designing the Antarctique by Chapek. He is, in brackets, infamous for designing many Christopher Ward watches, including the 12, which has been uh, debated fiercely, both in the real-time show network and also on air. But what a lot of people don't know, he's also the co-founder and CEO of Sequent. These watches look and behave like real watches because they don't have a digital screen. These watches actually have hands, and that's a good thing because otherwise it would have been a bit more difficult for our dear friend Romaric Andre to make his iconic and cool hands where he usually adds them to real watches and creates these awesome collabs. So Sequent is already producing watches for over four years, if I recollect correctly. They have two interesting calibers which they make in-house. So you have the Solar Charger, and that's the watch we're going to discuss today, which we've been experiencing for quite some time since we've received them, all three of us. And they also have the supercharger model, which has an actual rotor that winds a spool. So if you remember the kinetic watches, Bicycle, I believe Tissot also used to have that caliber. So it's kinetic energy. It's not a mechanical watch, but by moving, you wind your own watch. So I have that watch as well. And... Now, this is the first time I've been wearing the solar charger for quite some time. And I've actually never, ever have charged these watches 
with an electric socket or plug. These watches really run with renewable energy. So I think that's super cool. Um, that's my intro. Maybe you guys want to both give your first impressions and then maybe we ping pong it back and forth what we think are the pros, the cons, and then give in chapter four our final verdict. What do you guys think? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's let's hear what David's thoughts are to begin with and see how he came to the brand in the first instance. Yeah, so uh, you know, one of the the great things about uh, being a guest on the show, obviously, besides getting to meet uh, you guys, Robin Allen, is that because you're so plugged into watches, I get to learn about brands that I just never would have heard of before. Certainly, would not have given a second look, and that's coming from someone who feels like they've you know seen a lot of a lot of the business, basically, at least in terms of brands. So, Sequent is really interesting to me because uh, I I had actually tried. A couple of we'll call, so connected watches. I think Alan's right. Let's not say smart. We'll just say connected, generally. And uh, I'd never really liked them. And I, I guess the first reason that, that the concept never really stuck with me was that I'm not an elite athlete. And so when it comes to tracking health metrics specifically, uh, you know, if I don't sleep well, I can feel it in the morning. It's that simple. And I'm not training for anything. It just comes down to like you know. Do my trousers fit or not? That's kind of the metric I follow. So it just felt like a little bit redundant to have this thing on my wrist that was taking up space uh, for other things that I do love, which are mechanical watches. And I have actually tried certain connected watches before. And, and so I'm not just coming at this from a bias that wasn't validated. Uh, I have tried the Xiaomi uh, Mi Band, which is super cheap and it's a bracelet. So I thought I'd like that because it's very unobtrusive. Didn't like it at all. The closest I got to liking the look of a watch or one of these connected watches was the Casio GBD 200. And Rob, you and I have talked about this before because you have one. Uh, I have the multicolored kind of orange and gray watch and it's super pretty. Like it's a good looking watch. The screen is really nice, but functionally it's, I'm sorry, Casio, but it's, it's trash. Like it's impossible to use. And so I don't use it. The battery is dead now. And so those just left like a really bad taste in my mouth. And I guess the the two sentence summary to this watch is that you can tell the sequel watch I'm talking about now. You can tell that this is not so much a connected watch. Like this is a watch person's watch that happens to have connected functionality on it. I think that kind of puts it about as succinctly as possible. And it's really interesting that you bring up the comparison of the casio g-shocks that we both own i think it's yeah the gbd 200 g squad watch and i've got the blazingly fluorescent yellow one that my girlfriend absolutely abhors but i adore and i like it because it supposedly is a watch you can wear while you're doing sport as is the sequence but i noticed something that i think is although tangential worth mentioning about that g-shock because it pertains to the way that this sequin is also likely to work best when you want to work out with it so although there is a gps function built into the watch it is not receiving the gps signal itself it is picking up the gps signal from a device such as your phone that is receiving the gps function and it's also very uh, power consuming so you really want to use it only when you're working out with the watch and when you are working out with the watch i would advise taking your phone with you because 
the sequin doesn't make the same grand claims that the Casio does, which I think is wise because the Casio reckons that it will learn how you run. And then the more you use it initially with your phone, the better it will become at tracking your performance without your phone. And I find this a little bit confusing at first. So I did quite a bit of testing with my own watch to see what was going on there, thinking at first that the Casio had a GPS receiver within it. What I think actually turned out to be the case is that when you run with the phone, the Casio takes the information directly from the phone. So it's very accurate. It's about as accurate as any of these GPS watches can be. I do think the Apple is maybe a little bit more consistent, but that's probably because it's constantly connected to the to the GPS source, actually has a GPS receiver within the watch rather than having to get the information relayed from the phone. And of course, when you're moving, there could be some interruption there with the signal from one to the other. But when you're running without the phone, what it does is it takes kind of an aggregate of your previous performances that it has tracked with GPS and bases them against your stride pattern. Because what is inside the G-Shock, G-Squad, GBD200, as is the case for the sequence, is effectively a pedometer, a step counter. So it figures out how fast you are running versus how many steps you are taking to cover that distance. Now, if you're always running on your own and you're running at a relatively regular pace, of which there's no guarantee, of course, if you're doing different kinds of training, like interval training, for example, then it's going to be accurate enough. But if, like me, you run either alone or with a running partner who may be at a different level of uh, competence to you, you will find some massive discrepancies. So my girlfriend and I sometimes run. I run with us for sort of moral support a lot of the time because she's relatively new to the hobby. And she runs with her Apple Watch and the Nike running app. This is pretty accurate. This is pretty good. As we said, like that is connected uh, constantly. So that's given a pretty constant readout. And we've checked the distances and the route that we're running on Google Maps to make sure that it's absolutely as close to reality as you can get. Meanwhile, I run behind her with my G-Shock G-Squad GBD200 in blazing fluorescent yellow because she hates it. She doesn't want to see it anywhere near it. And what I noticed was when we run like a 5K course, my Casio thinks we've run 6.5K or thereabouts. Sometimes it's 6, sometimes it's 7. It's significantly off base. When I run that same course on my own, it gets pretty close. 5, 5.1, 4.9. We know it's 5K. We've measured it a million times on static tools. So we know that it works. So what that's saying to me is that the Casio has remembered how fast I run over a certain distance versus how many steps I take over that distance. And it's equated my strides to how far I'm running or my steps to how far I'm running. So when I run with my girlfriend, I run slower, but take more steps equivalently behind her. I'm taking little tiny steps, stay behind her. And the watch thinks that I'm absolutely pegging it. So it gives me an incredible reader. And the, like I say, the difference is massive. I anticipate that because of the way the secret picks up its GPS signal from the phone, you'll have the same problem unless you run with the phone. So my advice is wear the watch by all means, very comfortable to run with, take your phone with you, and then you'll get a good readout and you'll be able to use it as it was intended. That's a slight tangent, but it's relevant because it goes into detail on how the sports function on the GPS side of things on the sequence actually works. And it's one of the more enjoyable features because when it comes to functions, this watch has a heart rate monitor, it has a blood oxygen level monitor. It has a step counter, a power reserve display, and 
I think that's about it. Did I miss anything, guys? No, that that uh, that I mean covers it to me. And I think what I want to add here, and I don't want to get too out of myself because we'll talk pros later. But all of that, all those functionalities you mentioned, Rob, like dead simple, dead simple to use. I mean, there's it's laid out like a chronograph. There's two crowns, uh, you know, or uh, sorry, two pushers, one crown, and uh, I mean, basically, start stop is top crown, bottom is the oxygen or pusher. Sorry, uh, bottom. Pusher is the um, uh, oxygen reading and heart rate, and then you sync up with the actual crown. So unlike the Casio, it is super, super simple to use, and I really, really appreciate that. The heart rate, you can set that on the app. So they built a proprietary app and interface for the watch, so everything is done in-house. We'll deal with the pros and cons of that later on, but for now, you can set in your app if you want a readout of your heart rate every few hours, every 30 minutes, and then separately while you're exercising, if you want a constant readout and or with an interval. So there's a little sensor, like you know from probably all the connected devices that measure your heart rate. There's a sensor at the bottom. Um, I guess it's kind of a light laser-ish thing that can read out either your heart rate or your oxygen level in your blood. And Rob, you have a disco fever when you wear yours. Do you want to explain why? <laughs> okay, so when Adrian sent us a box with four watches uh, within it, we had two of the teal colors, or what are they? What do they call it? Azure blue, I think the official color is. Uh, one black and one jellyfish. Now David and Alon snaffled the uh azure blues for their own wrists and i decided to take jellyfish which turned out to be uh, an illuminating experience in more ways than one because the way that these watches of course read things like heart rate and blood oxygen is by passing light through your skin bouncing it off what is within your wrist and from that information they're able to glean heart rate and oxygen percentage level in the blood when you read at a heart rate you need a green light and so when i'm taking my heart rate the green light flashes on the back of the watch but because of the translucent case of the jellyfish it flashes all the way up the sides and all around the watch and makes the thing come to life especially at night and when it comes to the red light needed for the blood oxygen level reading it's even more intense and they're not the only lights either when you select functions lights flash on the dial at 12 o'clock either a single red pulse for the pulse reading, a double red pulse for the oxygen reading, a blue pulse when you depress the crown once to sync the watch with the app. And then for some reason, I'm not sure why, there's a purple pulse that happens seemingly at night, which means that if you are sleeping with this watch, you might be somewhat disturbed by its behavior on your wrist. I know my girlfriend was, so I had to take it out of the bedroom and put it in the bathroom overnight because it was flashing like bilio all night and although i i was fascinated by it and was really excited by the fact it was like a ufo had crash landed on my wrist it was a bit annoying for her so i had to get rid but um the cool thing about this from a genuine or regular watch collector's perspective is that in addition to all of these crazy flashing lights it has a loom and good loom the loom on the hands and on these lovely open hour markers which do decrease in size towards the bottom of the dial for a lovely balanced effect is superb it's it's clear it's very bright it has good uh, longevity and excellent homogeny 
between the hands and between dial markings. And Alon, you mentioned that the subdial, which displays the information for percentage of daily steps target completed, heart rate, blood oxygen, and so on and so forth, and power reserve, of course, reminds you of another watch you love. Can you tell us which one that is? That is the Nomos Lambda. Maybe the best ever Nomos ever. It might be in my top five most elegant watches ever. So that gives me extra joy to wear this watch because it's done elegantly. Um, it's, it's a circle that closes about 270 degrees of the 360 circle. It's very thin. It's done subtly. It has a double function. So going left, it will show you, for example, how many steps or battery power is left. If it clicks to the right, so from 6 o'clock, going towards 2 o'clock will show you heart rate. And going from 6 o'clock westwards towards the 10 o'clock position will show you a scale from 0 to 100. So that's the percentage of how many steps you did or shows you the battery power reserve of the watch. Very good, very good. I just want to make a point, since we're talking about the colors that we have on our own wrists, that there are other colors available. So we have five colors in this range. Each one is limited to 99 pieces, and that means that there's ooh, 495 pieces in total of this special edition with second second. We have... Um, Fucking Sun Sea Salt White, which is one model we don't have in our hands. That comes in a white case with a white strap. Fucking Sun Tangerine Orange, which is in a very nice bright orange case. Bright orange hands. They match off nicely with the uh, ice blue and I'd say yellow ice cream cone at six o'clock. Then there's the jellyfish, the azure blue, and the black sand that we do have. Remarkably, and I'll get this out of the way now because I think this is one of the things that we should talk about in the overview of the watch. The price is only 450 francs for a collectible watch that appeals to real watch guys. Now, if you've been following Second Second's output thus far, you might find yourself lurching forward in your chair and shocked to hear you can actually buy into his legacy for less than 500 euros. Uh, I think that is an incredible value proposition. It will feature again in my, in my pros, and I'll go into more detail about it then, but Guys, how do you feel these watches stack up against similar connected watches in terms of collectability? Is there more is there more value here long term? Yeah. So I think yeah, you raised a couple of really interesting points there. Um and I, I don't think I can talk I can answer that question, Rob, and unless I bring in the the Apple Watch. I mean, you talk connected watches, you have to talk Apple Watch. And just looking at prices, you know, I went to the Apple Watch website. You can get an SC for 279 euros, a Series 9, which starts at 449 euros, and the Ultra 2, which is the super high end, 899 euros. And I'm just speaking for myself here. You know, I'm not going to tell you these aren't attractive objects because they are, and I think they're getting to be iconic at this point. But I don't really get a sense of satisfaction from wearing an Apple Watch. I just think it's very sterile. Whereas when you look at this, as I said earlier, you have a watch and as, as a, Alan said about Adrian's career, like you have something that is designed for watch nerds and there's just a, a really big satisfaction to wearing it. And then when we look at some of the brand's other values uh, in terms of sustainability, I know when I'm buying an Apple watch that I'm basically setting myself up to buy another Apple watch next year or the year after the year afterwards. 
that's not the case with this. Uh, the one of the the values of uh, sequent really is sustainability, and so I have no idea what they're going to release in the future. But you do get the impression that if they do release something, it's because they felt like it had to be done. Like there's no planned obsolescence in this. So as I'm looking at this on my wrist, I have something that just feels really, really nice. It's deeply satisfying. And you get that sort of watch nerd uh, interest, like you said, Rob, with the uh, the Sigourn Sigourn collaboration. You're talking about sustainability as well. So let's touch on what the cases are actually made of. Some guys might look at that and go, yikes, it's a plastic case. That's crap. I'm not interested in plastic. I mean, firstly, it's very light, it's very wearable, and you can get excellent colors out of it. But exactly what kind of plastic is it, David? I know you looked into this. Yeah, so it's uh, it's by uh, a Swiss company uh, called uh, Tide, if I'm if I'm correct there. And Tide essentially uh, recycles plastic. So the, the way that they put it on their website is there is zero percent virgin plastic that goes into this Tide material. So I'm presuming virgin means nothing made for purpose in this watch, and so they will make various different types of this recycled plastic. So they'll make pellets, uh, they'll make filaments, and that then goes into uh, these watches. And I guess, you know, look, like we can say whatever we want about, you know, plastic versus metal, but that's not really the point here. Like if you're if you're building a watch for working out, I like the lightness and uh, frankly, the colors are awesome. I mean, the Asia blue one looks fantastic. And so I'm all for the medium that lets the artist express themselves the best way. And you really get the impression that that was the case here. It just wasn't a cost-cutting exercise to go with this material. Very nicely said. All right, let's roll on to the next stage of our discussion, and that is the pros and cons section. So to avoid having a huge barrage of positivity followed by our critiques, we're going to alternate this. So we'll go with Alon's pros, my cons, David's pros, Alon's cons, my pros, and David's cons in that order. I think that made sense. Did that make sense? It does, and I'll jump in right away. I have this duality in me. I love tech, tech, tech. Love it. Always done. Love innovation. Uh, have tech startups. Uh, always jump on the bandwagon of everything that's new. But strangely enough, I could have never kept a connected slash smartwatch on my wrist longer than I wouldn't even make it through the week. I, I I can't stand all the designs that came before the sequent watches. Like our watchmaking hero, Jean-Claude Bivel said in our first ever interview on the real-time show, when we asked him, do you own an Apple Watch? He said, no, I own all of them. And he obviously created the Tag Heuer connected watch, which was excellent marketing term back in the day because he linked that immediately with a hashtag connected to eternity because the first generation of the apple connected watch you could it was modular first you could swap the whole watch to a mechanical one the second generation was actually a swappable module where you could buy a mechanical automatic version and click it in anyways i'm deviating obviously i bought the first generations of Apple, Sony, Samsung, we retailed for many years the Tag Heuer connected watches. So I've tried them all. It never stuck with me. Uh, could be that I hate notifications. On my phone, all the notifications are turned off and I don't have any sounds just for phone calls. So... I'm giving away a hint here. If you want to reach me, 
and you need me urgently, call me because I'm not that fast at looking at notifications in my apps. So that is the major reason that I don't like Connect Switch. Now, I grew up with Swatch and G-Show, but since I've learned to read time in a circular way, meaning analog, I always convert digital time in my mind visually to a clock. So I don't have a passion for digital digital way of writing time, so horizontal. So that's maybe a reason why I don't like connected watches so much because up until now they were all digital, which always I found ironic is that all these watches have real dials, if you know what I mean. So by real, I'm making a little pun. So analog watch dials, Apple actually designed some cool dials. I found it a bit of a weakness that Teg Hoyer actually put in Carrera dials into their Carrera connected watches. But that is solved with the sequin watch. So coming to the pros, that was a pro for me. That it has real hands. I love the baton hands and especially the hour markers. So they're elongated ellipses. And the cool thing is, if you look at the dial of the solar charger, they look as if they are sun rays because of the sub-dial at 6 o'clock. That's the shortest hour marker. And then they become longer up to 3 to 6. So let's say a horizon. And then they are all the same length going from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So that's a beautiful visual effect. As David rightfully said, so this version looks like a chronograph because besides the crown, it has two pushers. And the other watch in the collection, so the, so the supercharger doesn't have that on the version. I have the new ones do. And... I'm a huge second second fan. So this is my third second second watch in my private collection. I think it's super fun. I love the 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 humor he always brings to the watches and they're very relevant. Since this is a solar powered watch, it melts the ice cream and as the hand moves left and right, you spill the ice cream, right? And that's the little puddle you'll see on the dial at the six o'clock position. So it's really funny. And I actually posted an, an Instagram stories that I reached my 10K steps goal rather early in the evening. And then as a joke, I posted, damn, I don't like this watch. Because of this, I feel like I earn an ice cream today. So those are my quick pros who's next that'll be me with my cons so thanks for that interesting stuff i just want to point out before we go any further this isn't the first second second collaboration that sequent has done there was a previous one called the smart ass watch which was graffitied on the dial with lots of um let's say encouraging statements such as Shut up, push harder, get your ass moving, bitch, and it's, it's so on and so forth. That was a 160-piece special edition, which has been 
long sold out. So it's no wonder that Sequent brought Romaric back in for round two. And I am a huge fan of this watch. And I'll start off um, by saying that despite my love for it, there are a couple of things that should be mentioned on the negative side. Number one, functionality is very simple. You will notice later on that this also appears in the pros column. But basically, if you are one of those people that loves notifications constantly, if you love to be able to check every single bit of data about your day, if you want to have your calls on your wrist, if you want to have your calendar accessible, if you want to play games, for goodness sake, or look at photographs that are normally stored on your phone, then this is not the kind of watch for you. This is a connected watch, not a traditional smartwatch. And its functionality is, in my opinion, blessedly simple, but you should know that it only does your heart rate, your blood oxygen, and tracks your sport, uh, which for me is plenty. And those are actually nice quirks rather than drawbacks, but for some people that won't be enough. Um, One thing that really stuck out to me, and this is larger because I have very clammy hands, the screen picks up a lot of smudges very easily, and it's also very reflective. So if you're used to an anti-reflective sapphire, for example, you will notice a difference here. I find myself polishing the plastic crystal very, very often just to keep it looking fresh. If you like taking photos of your watch, you'll notice that there's a lot of glare on this crystal. Not the end of the world, of course. It's really not so bad in general operation and what you're using it for is perfectly sufficient, but something to be noted. As I mentioned before, the watch is pretty active at night and the lights can be disturbing, especially on the jellyfish bottle. I haven't worn the others, so I don't know if it's the same problem. I would anticipate that the backlights, like the green and the red for the heart rate and the oxygen reader, are nowhere near as invasive, but the dial flashing would still be an issue. Last thing on the negative side for me, and the biggest by quite a way, is the strap, actually. Now, this is a 22mm lug width and 22mm buckle width. There's no taper whatsoever. There's nothing wrong with the buckle. It's small, it's dainty, it is signed, it's proprietary, so that's fine. One great thing about the strap is how many holes there are on it and how easy it is to get a very precise fit thanks to that. So kudos for that. Another good thing about it is that the underside is concave and ribbed, and that is designed to enhance airflow and wearability, to make it less sweaty against the wrist however for me again i'm i have a pretty high running temperature normally it's not enough it's a sweat monster it makes me sweat as soon as i put it on it's quite uncomfortable with all the plastic and the rubber around the wrist it's a very small thing because it's very easily solved but it is worth noting because adrian gave us the green light to go full full bore anything we didn't like so i'm saying look if i wanted to make this watch better i would like to see it on maybe a fabric strap now it has to be two piece because you need to keep the back free for the readouts so you can't have a nato or a zulu or a single pass fabric strap for example but something fabric would be nice and cordura maybe uh, perhaps even a different type of rubber i'm not really sure perhaps if it were a cordura strap with like rubber studs on the underside of it so that there was that distance between the, the skin and the bulk of the material similar to uh, driving loafers and the studs often used on them for example for me that's the biggest drawback i would love to see yeah fabric tapered strap so that it was a little more elegant on the wrist and it's something that really made the most of the 
refined and elegant watch silhouette. The watch head itself, very nice, very wearable, really, really canonical with the rest of true mechanical watchmaking. The strap for me, it lets it down. Okay, David, over to you for your pros. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to start at the the surface level because I know I've got one more section of pros down the line here, but I'm just going to reiterate how just deeply satisfying this watch feels to wear because I've got the specs up in front of me from the website. The diameter is 40.9 millimeters and the height is 12.9 millimeters. Now, the watch industry or watch community rather has a habit of uh, spiraling into the absurd sometimes. And I feel like we're not too far off from people saying, well, anything, you know, over eight millimeters is too thick and, you know, it's got to be, you know, 30 millimeters in diameter or whatever. But this just feels really nice. I think that plastic case does a lot for that, but also, you know, the fact that it was designed and presumably sculpted uh, by a watch designer helps a lot. And then finally, you know, if we're talking about the Sagon Sagon uh, model specifically, you're really kind of looking at an art canvas, right? I mean, the whole thing is very cohesive and you have that ice cream down at the bottom. And I think really to have that larger, uh, that larger space on the dial, uh, obviously it, it allows more light in from a technical point of view. But from an aesthetic point of view, I think it really does a lot. So if if you're really super tuned into the numbers and you're afraid this isn't going to fit for you, uh, give it a shot because you might be surprised. It really does wear that one. Well, that was succinct and well said. And I think that it's even more true of the jellyfish model than anything else because that one falls away from the wrist like like none of the others do. But I have to say, having worn the jellyfish, I, I don't regret my choice one bit, but I would love to have the other four in my watch box as well. All right, Alon, over to you for your negatives. So my negatives in general, I said already about smartwatches. I don't like them. I don't love them. Can't keep them on for a week. I did manage to wear this over a week. I never sleep with a watch on. I actually worn this watch several times at night to test its sleep functionality because I've tested all other watches. And an uh, important reminder, I also tried the Aura ring. So that's O-U-R-A, the first generation. I bought one to test it because I was really fascinated. Over a decade ago, I wanted to create our own Ace Fine jewelry with tech inside. So that inspired me to buy that watch. The irony is that although the ring obviously sits perfectly on your skin, the readout of the heart rate and the uh, uh, tracking of your sleep is better on this sequin watch. And because it's light, you feel it less if you're annoyed by stuff on your body when you sleep, which I am irritated by. So I know this is, I need to read out the cons and I'm mentioning another pro, but for me, I, I'm not convinced to wear a smartwatch and it's maybe because it's very plasticky. So it goes for me into the category of swatches and G-Shocks. I have many of them. I wear them, but never more than a day. So either when I work out or I travel or I need to do stuff that takes a lot of hits or shocks. Um, but on a product level, did I discover any cons? For me, no. 
for those that I actually wore also, important to mention, the watch several days where I double-wristed. So I've worn them on both wrists that did not impact the readout of steps or heart rate or etc. Um I guess the biggest con is if you need to read out the data as quick as possible, then this is not your watch because you need to sync it with your phone and that's not done automatically. You actually need to open up the app, click on sync on the app and push the central crown of the watch. So that's a con. Now, the biggest fear I might have is because they're relatively small and they made everything in-house, that obviously is a risk and a con because if they don't last, then you obviously have a problem because they made their own OS and iOS, so, so both operating systems for the watch and on your handheld device. But turning that con into a pro, what I do think is very important and what I'm very scared of with big tech, so the Apples of this world and the Googles of this world, what they do with your data. So this is a Swiss company, means registered and located in Switzerland, means they abide to Swiss laws. And we know that Swiss laws are very strict, especially on privacy, privacy, and that is very important to me. When I bought the first sequin watch, I actually, that was one of my first questions. What do you guys do with my data? How do you protect it? And do you data mine? Because who in this world actually reads terms and conditions, right? So that's something to keep in mind, I guess, when you buy a watch on the price side of things. If you want the full Monty, it's not cheap. But as you rightfully said so, Rob, it is a collector's piece. So I treat this as a, a, a fun swat watch, swatch watch, sorry, and not so much as a competitor to a Garmin for those gals and, and, and boys that work out like crazy and want crazy readouts from the watches. So those are my two cents. Okay, kind of a mixed bag of pros and cons. It's interesting, is it? Whenever we list a con or a pro, there is generally another side to it that is worth touching upon. So I'll come back to something you said in your list of cons as I begin my list of pros, and that is the uncertain future of any small brand like this proprietary technology that may be unserviceable in the future. That is absolutely true. Of course, like whenever you want to back a new brand, you just don't know if they're going to be around for the long haul. Obviously, every, well, not every, but most brands' intentions are to exist for time immemorial, but of course, it's easier said than done. However, when it comes to investing in new brands, and I mean that emotionally, not financially, when it comes to putting your cash down to support these new brands, you have to take it a risk every so often. You can't be sure. You know, when I first backed Laventure on Kickstarter in 2017, that was 1,500 francs for a watch that, you know, may never have been able to be fixed if it broke. Now, obviously, that brand has gone on to consolidate its position in the market, and it looks like a smart investment now. But at the time, it was pretty hairy. 
I had judged at that time that that was just about the maximum I would be happy to spend on a watch that may not be fixable in X amount of years. That was more than three times as expensive as this watch. If you are keen on early adoption, on being one of the first to take a chance on something, to try and position yourself as a soothsayer of success and to buy into a brand before it becomes the flavor of the week, then for 450 francs, you could do a lot worse. This is not just a new brand with a new model that looks fantastic. This is a collaboration with one of the industry's hottest talents. And that leads me nicely into my second pro. Second Second's brand currency right now, his brand capital, is through the roof. I mean, this guy, friend of ours, lovely bloke, extremely talented artist, totally removed from the watchmaking norms, has worked with Moser right up there at the very top. He's worked with small brands, he's worked with middling brands, but he's, he's been right up there with extremely high-end watch companies. And that is quite remarkable that he's able to retain this credibility while working across the entire gamut of watch brands. We don't know how long Romaric is going to keep doing what he's doing. Firstly, we don't know how long he's going to want to keep doing what he's doing. He's an artist. He might get his head turned by a new concept or a new idea or another industry. We don't know how long the watchmaking industry can sustain his shtick. But what we have right now is a very nice catalogue of watches peppered across all sorts of price points and make it possible for so many people now to buy into his visions. That's cool. For 450 francs alone, I say that's worth it. I believe, actually, Alon, both of us backed the uh, Air Jordan hat, and that was about the same price as the, this watch in total, wasn't it? Dude, you hit the nail on the head. We don't need to say anything more, because what maybe people don't know is that Romark actually started his brand, second, second by making these pixelated emoji-ish hour hands for vintage watches. So that propelled him in the watch community. And then brands reached out to him and he did collabs. And then he went back to his roots indeed this year, where it actually turned out to be a very funny interview for our listeners. Not so funny for me because I freaked out when I heard on the interview, on the show itself, like while recording the interview, what his collab was with Gray Patina, so a vintage dealer in California. And since I'm a huge Nike Air Jordan fan, I freaked out because he said on air he was making only 23 hands of the Nike Air Jordan 1 the original, the bread version, the bull's red version, for a Rolex Air King, so for vintage Rolex Air King. So I freaked out and I, I, I stalked him and I said I needed to get one and I was lucky enough to win one in the raffle. And I actually mounted it on a Air King 5500, which I needed to source, and I did, and I own it. And I'm not letting go of it, Rob. So I have it. And uh, yeah, long story short, like the relevant part of that saga is that 
the hand on its own cost us as much as this watch would cost you to buy. And I still need to source an Air King 5500. So if anyone has one, let me know. My pros to finish off. The functions are easy to use because there's no, not many of them. Because there's not many of them. And that to me is a plus because I don't care for smartwatches. I like real watchmaking and I like collectible character. And this watch has all of that. I mentioned it before in passing, but the loom is absolutely insane for a watch at this price. It's brilliant. It's so good. And there's a ring of it around the dial as well, just to add a little bit of nighttime interest to the watch's visage. Lastly, charging is super efficient. I had this watch on for less than a couple of hours and it was fully charged straight out of the box. In the sunlight, it was bright sunlight. I was sitting in the center of Dresden with Alon, actually, outside a cafe. And within a couple of hours, the watch was fully charged. Now, we checked into this, how long that charge lasts. And on standby, the watch can keep going for 24 months. It will go for 12 months when used actively. And in order to maintain the running, which is plus minus three seconds a day, I think, all you need on standby is one hour of sunlight per week and one hour of sunlight per day when the watch is in active use. If you want to use the heart rate monitor, the battery will last for up to two months and it needs about five hours of sun a day. So that's a big difference. So just to give, gives you an idea of exactly how much power that function drains. But in terms of time telling, in terms of the watch running, 24 months on standby with one hour of sun a week and it will keep on plugging away. To me, that's absolutely awesome. I never had to plug it in. There is a little charging port, a little dock that you can plug in and then sit the watch on. But honestly, the speed at which this thing gets up to pace is absolutely unreal. David, what are your cons? Yeah, you know, so in terms of cons, I was thinking of one, but then I also don't think it would be possible. So my uh, my wife loves uh, fitness watches. and I'm always trying to have her test out the connected watches that I do get so that maybe she gets more into watches. Uh, and she is quite petite and this watch is still too big for her. So it would be interesting to see if a smaller watch could be done. But at the same time, I don't know about that because if you went down from 40.9 to even 38, you've got a surface area loss and obviously the solar cell gets smaller. So the power requirements not be there, might not be there. So I think that uh, is an issue. You know, I think in terms of perhaps like another con, and this really isn't con, again, it's just kind of on the wish list. Uh, some of the more uh, expensive watches, so the, I think it's, the, is it the Electron that's the highest, um, the most expensive one? They make one of the watches in titanium. So I think it would be neat to see uh, a different material on this. I think, uh, again, just for the sake of interest. And if we're talking reusable plastics, you know, Oris makes those, um, medallions for the back of their office watches they tend to be different colors mashed together so i think instead of solid colors it would be neat to see something different but uh you know it's it's hard to find any other cons on the, the technical side like i said i do love the um the fact that the functionality is pared down the only con i can think of is that even though the watch is definitely usable without the app anytime you have something that's created by a smaller shop like this uh, you run the risk of it not being around. So, you know, if you buy one of these watches, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there is a chance that the app may not be around in, you know, five years, even though the watch to me does absolutely feel like it was designed to be around that long. The supporting app 
may not be, but I think that's just inherent to the, the connected nature of the watch, unfortunately. Did you guys hear that Freddie Mercury's Seiko recently sold at auction? I don't know if you uh, you spotted this. <laughs> I saw it, yeah. yeah. It, it was recorded on uh, Watch Pro for sure. Like uh, His plastic Seiko watch sold for £35,516, and it wasn't running, and there isn't actually any corroborating evidence to say that it still works. So I guess what I'm saying is collectability <laughs> goes beyond functionality. So if the app were to cease to exist and the brand were to fail in 10 years time and you had a watch that was now just a you know a, a pretty lightweight paperweight as people always say um still pretty cool still has it still has its place in watchmaking history but you've given me an idea david you know i was thinking i'd love to do a collaboration for the real-time show with sequin and with Ramaric. now how about we do this model in titanium but with a steel bezel and we talk to forstner about supplying a forstner mesh strap in steel so we have a nice lightweight case middle we get rid of my gripes with the strap and hopefully reduce the light show in the evening and have an entirely entirely different watch what do you say to that i'm down (laughs) all right okay quickly round the horn let's go for our verdicts david success or failure would you buy one would you not uh, yeah, I'd say overall success. And I would say that if you are someone that uh, does not like connected watches, but still likes the idea of having some of that, then uh, this is definitely for you. Alan, what's your verdict? So my verdict is I would buy it because I'm a second second fanboy and you put it rightfully so that the price of the hand is just a complete watch. So I would have bought it for the fun of it. And I would wear it like I wear my moon swatches and my G-Shocks and my other swatches. But I have to say, I think I'm going to bring this one into my rotation as a sports watch. So, because the I didn't mention it. I, I, I showered with it, so I slept with it. I wore it to the gym when I went for a run. Uh, I don't wear my phone on me all the time, especially when I'm in our boutique. So I never actually know how many steps I really make in a day. So that was interesting because this was the first time I've worn a connected watch for more than a week. So, and and I like the precision of the readout of the heart rate when I go to the gym. So I think I'm going to bring it into the fold. So, therefore, I would have bought it, but I still don't love smartphones. So the verdict is, this is a watch for everybody who wants the health benefits but doesn't want the bombardment of notifications. I think that's the verdict. And while I have the mic, just a brief disclaimer. Rob, you said that we received these watches. We got these watches indeed, four of them, as a gift. No strings attached. Adrian is a cool guy. He didn't demand anything in return for it, not an X amount of minutes or Instagram posts or whatever. And we had 100% artistic freedom to say whatever we wanted. He actually wanted us to do the pros and cons. So that's a little disclaimer at the end. I'm very curious to hear your verdict, Rob. And please tell our dear listeners how they can win the fourth edition that we got. 
Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, I think we've proven by the content that we've recorded today that we did not have our hands tied or tongues bought. We have been pretty straightforward and pretty honest. Like We do think that overall, despite us maybe not being the direct target demographic, it's an absolute runaway success for many reasons. In all honesty, largely because of the collaboration, because that just gives so much weight to the project and adds other purchasing motivations that would otherwise be absent. You know, it's not just a piece of tech. It's not just a new watch. It is a moment in watchmaking history. Not the biggest, of course, but one that's relevant to us and one that we enjoy because of our fondness for Ramarek and what he's doing and the smile or the smiles, should I say, he's bringing to faces all around the world with his art. So for me, big success. Alon said it himself. We paid the same price for a hand on its own. So to get a watch attached to it is a real bonus. I think the functionality is great. I think there are certain elements that really shocked me with how refined they were, like the loom and just the overall dial design. I love the case shape and the wearability. You all know my feelings on the strap. And as soon as this recording's over, the strap's coming off and I'm going to stick it on a force and a mesh that I have kicking around in my drawer. And I'm going to carry on wearing it because I really enjoyed it. I found it fascinating. I haven't quite got the hang of it yet. It still requires me to think a little bit when I use it. I don't do it automatically. Like Alan mentioned, you need to press the crown to update the app automatically. And that takes a little bit of practice for me to remember. So I'm not sitting there waiting for the app to update, but I love it. I think it's fun. I will wear it more than I will wear my Casio GVD 200. And I will wear it in situations somewhere between what I would wear the Casio for and what I would wear, say, a Nomos for. I think it's I think it's a, a tweener watch, and uh, I can't wait to find out how often it stays on my wrist. But I tell you what, since it has been on my wrist for the last week or so, it's got a lot of comments and a lot of people asking, and there's people from inside and outside the industry as well. It, oh, heaven forbid what would happen if I had the orange one on my wrist. I'm sure that would be stopping people on the bus. Okay, if you would like to win the black one, the black sand that we have available as part of our giveaway, all you need to do is follow our new Instagram account, that's at the real time dot show. Now there's not any activity on it yet, but there's about to be a hell of a lot. So watch this space, get out there ahead of the curve. Send us a message on that Instagram account with your guess of how many steps in total Alon, David, and I perform between today's show and next Thursday's show. So in seven days, how many steps have David, Alon, and I taken in total. Now we're going to wear the watches for that week. We're going to tot up our totals and whoever's closest to that number will win the black sand watch. So follow the new Instagram account at the real time dot show. Send us a message with your guests. How many steps in total over seven days the three of us will take and the closest person wins. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. We had a lovely time talking about the sequence. Thanks again to Adrian for gifting us these watches and the extra piece for our community. If you'd like to ask questions about the brand, about Adrian, about the watch, please get in touch via the usual channels. You can find me on Instagram at R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S. Alon is there at A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. You can find David at D-A-V-A-N-U-C-H-E-R. And of course, follow the new account that is about to be very active. That is T-H-E-R-E-A-L-T-I-M-E dot S-H-O-W. Failing that, you can contact us via our emails, either rob or alarm at the realtime.show. 
or get in touch via the contact form on the website www.therealtime.show. We'll be back next week with more watch-related chat. Until then, stay safe and keep on ticking. <laughs>